Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Today's episode is One Day We'll Be Self-Published. It's aspirational. We're looking forward to when our vanity ship comes in and we get the attention that no one else wishes to lavish upon us. The main problem right now, of course, is the cash flow. They demand that you pay many, many, many dollars for the privilege of seeing your, your name in print. And because you have to order to scale, you have to order 10,000 volumes, and then you have to pay to have the 10,000 volumes shredded. Right. So you start where you end up, but poorer. Well, how else would you become a lost classic instantly without that process, is what they tell us anyway. And we'll just tell people that our works burned in the uh, big library fire in Alexandria. We don't have to explain how that's possible. We just need you to believe it. Like so many things, don't listen to an expert, just look on the internet for someone who's as much of an idiot and crank (laughs) as you might choose to be. There's got to be something around in the room with you right now that you can inject yourself with against COVID, right? Yeah, you could stab yourself in the arm many times with a ballpoint pen because I heard anecdotally that you don't get COVID because I stabbed myself I don't have it. Therefore, it prevented me from getting COVID. And you are literally sticking it to the man when you do that. So <laughs> you are. that's the whole point. I'm showing those scientists <laughs> with their education <laughs> and their degrees. And Well, let's remember George Bernard Shaw's famous quotation. Against stupidity, God himself contends in vain. <laughs> Well, good job, GBS. But Kevin, I think a better use of people's time would be for you to tell us about the upcoming sketches. Right. We're going to start with the Men in Charge talent search. We do want people to come work for our organization to just provide the service of their time and energy to Kevin and me. And also, when they bring us the audition fees, that goes toward the self-publishing costs. So everything (laughs) is all wrapped up. The sooner we get those audition fees from the undiscovered talent, the sooner we can start shredding our books (laughs) from the Vanity Press. That's right. What's next, Kevin? After that, we have a uh, commercial for a new film, I believe, by Roger Corman, who may or may not be dead. The film is Strike Cassowary, Kill, Kill. And I wrote that, and I've frankly forgotten what it's about, but it does sound like it's full of cassowaries. It's the usual love affair between right. avians and humans. After that, we have a visit to Nana June in her kitchen. Nana June's a, one of these farm cooks, a very nice person, uh, but she has a bad relationship with her engineer, Steve. And then last but not least, we have an epically long look at those in the music community who believe that they can tell us how to do our job better. And we get a visit from Morag Vanderwerf and her team of musicologists trying to make Men in Charge music actually work. Well, Kevin, looks like we have some exciting news to report. That's right. As the listener may have intuited, we here at Men in Charge, while not getting too big for our bridges, have been expanding. And as we finally go international, it's time for us to mix metaphors by beefing up our talent pool. So we've just launched our new talent search extravaganza. We're looking for folks who want to get in on the Men in Charge ground floor. 
That is, the real basement of broadcasting. We just might be coming to a neighborhood near you soon with our Men in Charge mobile It's Off to Work We Go brightly painted double-wide recruitment bus. We'll be looking for potential Men in Charge live audience greeters, line cooks, child minders, or just folks who can spell industry-related words and phrases like ESPN, NBC, and PBS. And we're always on the lookout for folks who want to break into the industry as FM static reduction technicians, donor apology strategists, and dual language laugh track sequencers. Even if you've never thought of men in charge as a career goal, you might consider the trade-off between a decent living wage job and the prestige of working for our region's longest-running, award-eligible, pre-recorded, locally-produced, self-described comedy show. If you're accepted as a Men in Charge intern, not only will your modest tuition cover small group breakout sessions with partly accredited experts, but for a small additional fee handling fee, you'll be eligible for either some sort of modest college credit discount or significantly reduced motorcycle insurance. If any of this sounds too good to be true, it's not. And there's more. If you're lucky enough to be selected for one of our exclusive two-day Men in Charge Talent Search Full Immersion Coffee Forward workshops, you'll be invited to the required final evening banquet where, besides waiting tables and serving drinks, you'll be recorded for the Men in Charge Laugh Track and directed to bid in the Men in Charge Live Auction, where nearly all proceeds will go to the Men in Charge Extension Cord Renewal Fund. That's the three-prong club, folks. So if any of this, and we're just mentioning the really good stuff, looks like a cult you might like to join, keep an eye out for the mottled gray double-wide bus festooned with both Halloween and Christmas memorabilia from the 50s and early 60s as it wends its way through the back streets, alleys, and byways of your zip code. And don't forget to bring photo ID, a valid driver's license, two letters of recommendation, and... And importantly, a rough draft of your application essay. We'll help you fill out the bits that ask for your personal goals. We do that to ensure as many qualified folks willing to pay the modest tuition as possible get into the program. Don't we, Kevin? You bet we do. So if your family is giving you fits, consider joining ours. That's the Men in Charge Talent Search, coming soon to your very driveway. Be at home to greet us. We're sure you don't want any trouble. Now, from the man who brought to you film features like Death Race 2000, Angels Die Hard, and I Escaped from Devil's Island, it's the new cinematic blockbuster from Roger Corman. Hey, wait. Director-producer Roger Corman's dead. No, he's not. Roger Corman's not dead. I know for a fact that he was born in 1926. That doesn't automatically mean he must be dead. Can you explain, then, how Roger Corman can be 111 years old, then? 111? Your math is faulty. Corman's alive, and he's only 95 years old. Okay, so you expect us to believe that a new film is coming out from a 95-year-old director-slash-producer. Why not? Norman Lear was 100 years old and still coming up with new sitcoms. Now shut up. Now, it's the new cinematic blockbuster from Roger Corman. Strike, Strike cassowary, cassowary. Kill, kill, kill. It's the year 1972, 
and big game trapper Spirius Jack Fowler receives a contract that he cannot resist. Dear Mr. Fowler, my name is Cleanthes Rambo, and I am one of the richest men in the world. I have a contract for you that you will not be able to resist. Fowler packs his big game hunting and trapping equipment and boards a jet airplane in a bid to venture to the deepest reaches of the Indonesian jungle. Indonesia, eh, Mr. Fowler? I've done a little hunting there myself. What are you on the track of, if I may ask? The great cassowary bird. I'm going to bring it back dead or alive. And Mr. Rambo told me not to come back alive unless I brought it back dead or alive. A cassowary, eh? Smaller than the ostrich, deadlier than an emu. Well, good luck, old man. Many naturalists have set off to find the cassowary, only to end up in the bird's stomach. In their stomach? How did that happen? An accident? They were eaten, old man. Gulped down the gullet in one go. But it's also a tale of one of the greatest love stories ever told. Just keep your finger on the trigger, Fowler. Don't let your nerve fail. But when I look at its petulant, milky eyes through the scope, damn it all. It will take all of Spurious Jack Fowler's survival know-how to keep the cassowary alive through Indonesia's dreaded rainy season. Oh, yeah. Come on, cassowary. We've again got to move to higher ground. Please eat this horse meat. By Marlon Perkins, I won't let you die. You're the greatest thing in my life right now. But other ruthless hunters are also on the trail of the great cassowary. I'll be damned if I'm gonna let some bird-loving naturalist rob me of my prize. Fowler, you better step out of the line of fire. I won't let you kill this flightless bird, Van Duck. Go find your own cassowary somewhere. We... We're in love. A damnable Komodo dragon took my leg the first day in this godforsaken land, Fowler. I've dragged myself across the most uncomfortable beaches in the world at this point. And you're not going to keep me from putting that bird's taxidermied head over my master bathroom toilet seat. It's a story of pursuit, of lust, and of the nesting instinct. Go straight to your local theater. Do not pass go and do not collect $200. See the new epic by the very not-dead Roger Corman. Strike, Strike cassowary. cassowary. Kill, kill. Good afternoon, folks. I'm Nana June and I'd like to welcome you to my kitchen. It's a beautiful summer day out here on the farm. <sighs> Just imagine you're standing here with me, looking out the window at the cornfields to the north and the cow pasture to the east. There are chickens in the yard and... June, this is only a 10 minute spot. There's not a lot of time for poetry, so can't we just get on with the recipe? Well, and oh my gracious, Steve the Engineer says it's time for us to get a wiggle on. Anyway, 
We need to have a nice plate of cookies for my boys when they come in from plowing the South 40. We've heard tell there's rain on the way and we need to get our second crop of... June. I never. <clears throat> so today we're going to make a nice big plate of sugar cookies. Mmm, with a cold glass of fresh milk. Steve, I really don't think we need that much mooing. Well, June, I don't think we need the big helping of purple prose that you're dishing out. People don't care about what's happening on the North 40. South 40. And Steve, maybe they do. Maybe people want to stop and smell... The cow pies. <laughs> <laughs> Young man, that is vulgar and uncalled for. It's my name on the marquee. <laughs> marquee. <clears throat> Let's start again with some nice bird song in the background. Now, folks, first we're going to start by creaming a cup of fresh churned butter with two cups of white sugar. Whatever. Then we're going to add two eggs. Why, I just collected these eggs this morning. Just look at those nice deep yellow yolks. I like the Rhode Island Reds for their... <laughs> There's one chicken who won't be laying any eggs tomorrow. <laughs> My chicken! Come on, June, it's just a sound effect. Chicken! Oh, whatever, June. We need to keep moving. The next performers are going to need this studio in just a few minutes. Right. Okay. Some flour, some baking powder, and into the oven. And with the magic of radio, they're done. Wow, don't those smell good. I guess we're talking about more than a sound effect now, little mister. Mm. These are the real deal, Jenny, honey. <laughs> they are delish. First, I'm not your honey. Second, it's delicious. <clears throat> and yes, they are. I'll bet you would like a nice big glass of milk to go with that plate of cookies. Mmm. Mm, sure would. Mm, thanks, June. Say, I guess it's forgive and forget, I mean, about the chicken. Oh, there's nothing like fresh milk to set things right. I'm pouring Steve a nice cold glassful, folks, straight from the dairy. Remember, those Holsteins are right outside my kitchen window. Their milk production is second to none. But I like to have a few Jersey cows, too, for... Oh, geez, June, really? More of this farm stuff? That's right. It is a good-looking herd. Why, we turned the bull out with my heifers just the other day. Bull? bull? That's right. Bull? There, there's a bull charging into the studio! Bull! Say it again, folks. There's nothing like fresh milk to set things right. You're right. You gotta clear out of here. There's a bull.
it for today's episode of Nana June's Kitchen. Enjoy those sugar cookies. And don't you worry, folks. No chickens were harmed during the making of this program. So tune in again next time when Steve and I will be whipping up a strawberry rhubarb pie. Ow! <laughs> Men in Charge, the alpha and omega of metaphors for beginnings and endings involving Greek letters. Hello, listener. Welcome to another magical musical episode of the reality radio show, Sounds Off, with me, Morag Vanderwerf, professional radio comedy sketch show music consultant. Every week here on the show, I visit another public radio comedy sketch show, sagging and bagging around the middle with mediocre, unthoughtful music. And I can't do it without my crew of refrain remodelers. Andy? Heyo, listeners! Claire? Listen to the music, y'all! And Kenneth? John Williams is not only the most efficient composer of film music by the pound of paper scores, but also the most effective such producer. Needless to say, we don't hear much from Kenneth. Today, listener, join us on the road to criticize and belittle the music of Men in Charge, a broadcast of KAAC, or CAC, radio in Lower Heights, FN. This is a Sunday at 6 p.m. quality radio comedy sketch show, or so it's described in XMDB, the Internet Movie Database maintained by OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Go OSHA! Go OSHA! Go OSHA! Go OSHA! Yes, we love our corporate sponsors at OSHA Gang. Now, Men in Charge has been broadcasting for less than a decade, but has at least ten seasons under its belt. Ten seasons? In fewer than ten years? Listener, you don't have to be the masters of Morphoton, giant brains and glass cheese domes, to know that this math doesn't add up, listener. And with us today, to clear up this little bit of, dare we say it, accounting, leisure demain, are the, quote, founders, hosts, and wine stewards, unquote, of Men in Charge, Tony Flynn and Kevin Decker. Hello. Hey. Tony and Kevin have given us access to eight-inch magnetic tapes of all their past episodes from the aptly named Season 1, Episode 2, to Why Animals Commit Murder. Oh, jeez. Oh, shit. And our Sounds Off crew has meticulously combed through them to do sound design analysis and run musical choice algorithms in order to diagnose the little men-in-charge problem that has left its musical prowess, shall we say, prostate. Prostrate? Yes, left men-in-charge's musical prowess prostrate. The prostate, by contrast, is an area of sensitivity, embarrassment, and weakness common only to men. 
And the difference is... (laughs) (laughs) Bazinga, Claire, bazinga. Now hold on a cotton picking minute. When our bosses at Men in Charge Enterprises... That's mice, for short, incidentally. Yeah, when our mice bosses told us that your so-called reality radio makeover show was going to drop in, we didn't expect to be harassed and belittled. Frankly, we thought we were going to get pedicures and and a nice comb out from you. Well, you got the bonus plan, baby. Look, Tony and Kevin, we're here to program some improvements to your musical landscape, right? And we can only do that if we first point out deficits in your existing deployment of the Euterpian Muse, no? No. No. I I don't understand the question. Take, for example, your theme song, Seven Minute Mind by The Bad Plus. Kenneth, can we hear a snippet of that? Right-o, Chief. So what's wrong with that? It's got a playful but intense wryness to it that warns listeners of the oncoming semiotic thickness of the show that they're about to hear. Do not get me started on comparative semiotic thicknesses of radio comedy sketch shows. I wrote the book on that. He did, literally. Kenneth's self-published book on the topic is the 1,457,343rd most downloaded Kindle title, according to Jeff Bezos. According to Amazon, you mean? There's a big difference. Is there, Kevin? Is there? Bazinga again, Claire. You're on fire. The biggest problem with your use of seven-minute mind is that you're playing it backwards. What? How can this be? Kevin? Blast! The record played backwards? I knew that Fisher-Price wasn't a reputable turntable brand, but that shyster Edwin Slazak had me convinced. Through the magic of a non-Fisher-Price turntable, here's what your listeners would be appreciating if you played your theme song the right way around. It's 1979's Born to be Alive by Patrick Hernandez. Yes, it's, it's undoubtedly catchy and shaming. Born to be alive. Yes, it's profound. Conversely, so few people are alive to claim that they were born to die. Shaming for Kevin, yeah! <laughs> High five, Andy! No, Claire, no. Too soon, too soon. Andy, give her back the high five. And now, Kenneth's Corner. A few fun facts. From Pink to Seal and Feist, names can be deceiving, and no more so than when the deception is set to disco music. Patrick Pierre Hernandez was born on April 6, 1949, in La Blanc-Vinil, Saint-Saint-Denis, France, to a Spanish father and an Italian mother. In 1978, Hernandez met the producer Jean Van Lu, and with disco music at its peak, went to Waterloo, Belgium to work on songs. Belgium? Ouch. Hey yo, what's wrong with Belgium, dudes? What's wrong with Belgium? Don't you listen to this show? Hey, to be fair, we fast-forwarded through all the parts of your episodes that didn't have music. <clears throat> Hernandez's big hit. Born to be Alive, racked up 52 gold and platinum records from more than 50 countries by the end of 1979. I bet one was Belgium. Yes, it was. Hernandez's worldwide tour, featuring as a dancer the young Madonna, was based on this one hit with its soul-searing lyrics like, Time was on my side when I was running down the street. 
It was so fine, 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 a suitcase and an old guitar, and something new to occupy my mind, mind, mind. And it's good to be alive, to be alive, to be alive. Hernandez's follow-ups to Born to be Alive, including Disco Queen and Show Me the Way You Kiss, didn't fare as well in the U.S., and in 1981, he recorded his aptly named import single, Goodbye, which found no market in the U.S. at all. And this has been Kenneth's Corner. The youth of today insist upon their popular music. But let's talk about the inappropriate and banal backing music that you, Kevin and Tony, use for many of your sketches. Do you make this music yourselves? Yes. No. Yes. What should I answer to look honest, Kevin? We found them on the internet, so that's kind of like making the music ourselves. These are songs with titles like Monkeys Spinning Monkeys, The Underdog Theme, and The Young Pioneers Song, We Are the Heirs of Communism. We know because we shazammed them. hey Claire. You get that high five back. I must admit, if you're the authors of all these songs, your range is tremendous. Okay, okay, we didn't create these songs, but we remixed them. That makes them good as new. What sort of equipment did you use to remix them, eh? A computer. Quant television. A key grip. Magnetic tape. (laughs) Tony and Kevin, let's go back to basics. As every child learns in kindergarten music class, music can express emotion through rhythms and harmonies. And through rap lyrics, yo. No rap, Andy. Let's have you put these headphones on, so-called men in charge. If that is your real name. Hey, we copyrighted that whole if that is your real name thing. I'm going to play a piece of music, and you're going to tell me what emotional state it puts you in, okay? Okay. Now, tell us how that made you feel. Hello? Tony and Kevin? What? We couldn't hear you with these headphones on. What did you say? How did that music make you feel? Exhilarated. Apathetic. No, try again. Okay, I'll go with the opposite feeling. It depressed me. I felt jealousy that someone's ripped jeans were more ripped than I am. No, wrong again. You were to have felt tranquil, peaceful. That's right. Tranquil. Peaceful. Bam! And this is the root of the problem with Men in Charge's music, gentlemen. You don't understand how music works on the human psyche, so you misapply it in every instance. Fortunately for you, Sounds Off will be with you every step of the way of recording, editing, and mixing your sketches for the next few weeks. Oh, God, no. So that we can help you achieve that perfect musical balance and thus increase your listener base and your ratings. It's all very scientific. Until next time, Tony and Kevin, I'd like you to meditate on a snippet of pure sound gold that every modern movie trailer uses. Put your headphones back on, please. Okay. Okay. On your head, please, Tony. All right. There. And I'm just going to turn the volume up here to 11. No, wait. She can't take much more, Captain. Hear you later, boys. 
You got your comic timing back. I don't get it. Kenneth, do you get it? No. I'm going to thank our cast in a way that should invite people to join our talent search. We'd like to thank Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, Nancy Roth, Sarah O'Hare, Maureen Hager, and Ryan Weldon as the stuffed toy on your shelf. We'd also like to thank the writers, Kevin Decker, Scott Herrick, Ann Porter, and not me. We'd also like to thank the Bad Plus for our theme song, Seven Minute Mind, and that tripod of excellence, Nancy Roth, Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Nisha Schramm, and the third Wright brother flung through time into a future he never made, Brian Lindsay. 